Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Starving for Attention. But before we get into this episode, uh, hey, Jasmine, what if I told you that you could have your very own sous chef? Okay. Uh, someone who could pick all of your ingredients, do most of the slicing and dicing for you. Sign me up. Yeah, see, and you can. You can sign up with Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic meal kit service that sends you everything you need to cook amazing meals right at home. Green Chef delivers premium organic ingredients plus easy recipes ready in just about 30 minutes. You'll love that Green Chef does most of the prep work for you. Every recipe comes with delicious pre-made signature sauces, marinades, or spice blends, plus a lot of the organic produce is already pre-chopped. I mean, who's got time to do all of that mise en place? That's right. No more crying over cut onions. Plus, Green Chef makes cooking even more convenient by taking care of the meal planning. Just pick the plan that's right for you and let Green Chef figure out the rest. They offer a wide variety of specialty meals like vegan, paleo, gluten-free, and more. They're all delicious and all certified organic. Uh, And even as a professional chef, I love that Green Chef gives me a shortcut to great tasting food. So for meals that are easy to make and incredible to taste, just go to greenchef.us slash Richard and you'll get $50 off your first box. That's greenchef.us slash R-I-C-H-A-R-D for $50 off. That's kind of a, a really, really big deal. It's a big savings, Jasmine. What do you think? It's a good deal. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone in the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, famous chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Do you know who I would, uh, I was just thinking, who I would love to be a sous chef for, even at this moment of my career? Mm-hmm. Khaleesi. Okay. Mother of dragons. Yeah, you and like every other boy in this country. Breaker of <laughs> chains. The freer of the something. The uh, something, the unburnt. Yeah, yeah, the unburnt. Queen yeah. of the grass plains. I got most of them, I think. But I mean, I, I don't even think she eats, honestly. <laughs> I, she eats. She's healthy looking, I would right. say. Well. I would, but listen, I would, I would definitely bend the knee for Khaleesi. It's, it's not where I've seen food in Game of Thrones. I mean, you know, like they, there's some pretty good food scenes. I, she hasn't been part yeah, of those. Spoiler alert for a hot second yeah. here. I, there was some nice charred, uh, a little a bit of charred Lannister maybe in are this we, last one. Are we doing a recap episode right now? <laughs> it seems like, you know, why not just jump on the train and be one of the 1900 podcasts uh, that cover Game of Thrones? Some of those are like three hours long. You have a favorite one, don't you? I, you know, it's, it's, uh, oh, I think it's, it's, oh, I, I got to remember the oh, name. I tripped you up. Sorry. You tripped me up. No, but uh, it's, uh. I also, it, I also, uh, revealed that you listen to Game of Thrones podcast. I, I do. <laughs> I do. Because, uh, what is it? David Chen and Joanna Robinson, right? Okay. That cover, okay. they used to cover Westworld. Oh yeah. That was the Is one, it, yeah. is it, it's not. It's Cast not. Cast of Thrones. Is it? I, this is embarrassing. I'm going to go check what the name of their podcast is, but that's my favorite. I just love okay. their voice. Yeah. They have a great chemistry together. Uh. Uh, they did a good one for Westworld. Uh, what was it? Decoding Westworld? Oh my God. Title. The best Westworld. Yeah. When we're going to have to jump back on that. Um, but yeah, some of those podcasts are three hours. We get to an hour and we're like just pulling our hair out. Yeah, time to uh, go. Which is kind of <laughs> insane. Uh, but yeah, I would be uh, Khaleesi's sous chef. No doubt about it. So you think you're a Targaryen then? I am. I think 100%. Uh, 
I'm either a Targaryen. You're not blonde enough to be a Targaryen, really. Khaleesi is super blonde. But you're not that blonde. Khaleesi's like, brother. Super blonde. Super blonde. Like, like, like quick silver skin. blonde. Like. Yeah. No, I don't see it. Uh, Lannister, then. Yeah, I gotta break it to you. You're a Lannister. I'm a Lannister. But a Lannister always repays their debts, right? Maybe you're not so. a Lannister, then. <laughs> <laughs> That's well played. Um, but hey, so you know what? Who am I, then? Wait, who am I? I'm, you're definitely... I'm you think you're adorned. <laughs> I want to be adorned. With your beautiful I, I stay out of olive sun, so colored skin. I guess I'm uh, can you hold a knife between your teeth? Like, I feel that's like that's right. something that Dorn, uh, someone from Dorn has to have. No. And while you're dancing. Probably not, no. You don't like wine enough. No. And I don't wear a lot of belly shirts. I, you know what? Listen, I, I'm a little bit embarrassed because it makes you really, really uh, a lot more hip than I am, which everyone that listens to the podcast knows. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you're a Stark. Ooh. Yeah, Stock. you got the dark hair. Yeah. You're kind of hardcore. You have a crazy temper. It's true. I really do prefer cold over hot weather too. So maybe. Yeah. And and right. and if you really want to dig in, you're Arius. You're a little bit more Arius Stark. Yeah, that's true. Which is kind of insane. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Lord um, of the North. Yes, Queen of the North. <laughs> um, I do think everyone. Listen, let's play this game. Uh, find us at Starving for Pod. Starving the number four pod. On Twitter or Instagram. You can also or, email us. Or you can email us. Starving for number four pod at gmail.com. I'm glad you remembered that address. Uh, but send us a message. What uh, what house do you think you're in? It's always a fun game. Yeah. Don't or, say Gryffindor. Or you could always tell us, like, you know, what house do you think your favorite chef is in? Ooh, I like right? You know what? We should do that. Speaking of yeah. favorite chefs and what house they're in, our guest today, he's insane. He's, he's amazing. Yeah, crazy. Like, uh... uh, uh I have like role model, but that's not even the word. It's like, I just remember you telling fables about this guy when we worked in a restaurant long, long, long ago in Atlanta. And like, this guy was like, I was hot for this guy. Ned Stark. Yeah. This, yeah. I, I was hot. The, 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 the tales listen. and fables that surrounded this guy and what he would do. We're not spoiling it because you've seen the title of the podcast already. So Wiley Dufresne that's is nice. coming in. Uh, and he, he's a hero is basically what he is. Oh, yeah. He, well, yeah. He's an absolute okay. hero. Um, and if he was so, so if Wiley was in Game of Thrones, yeah. which he might be, like you just don't right. even know. If he was a character, he's a meister. He's absolutely a <laughs> meister. He's, he's got a, the chains and the robe, and like he's he's curing people and mi- mixing up potions and all that. Right. There's there's some molecular gastronomy happening below King's Landing, and uh, Wiley <laughs> is the one probably responsible for it. He's reading a scribe of of. Uh, hydrocolloids or something like that. Uh, but I like this whole, we should do, I was thinking uh, that we should do like some sort of like themed Game of Thrones. I put up on Instagram a picture of three smoked eggs. Oh, right, yeah. And I called them eggs Targaryen because yeah. I think they were duck eggs, but yeah. I just pretended they were dragon yeah, eggs. Yeah. It's a fun game to play. Uh, there's a chef that does that in Chicago, Elena Regan, Food oh, and Wine Best New Chef a couple huh. years ago, no, who's know. like another just fantastic artist, like one of those chefs who's like right. just... You know, besides the fact that she makes delicious Super food, creative. she's an artist. Yeah. Elizabeth, I think, is the name of one of her restaurants, but Chicago. she in Chicago. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and she has uh, done, I know, uh, like a series of Game of Thrones wow. meals where people, I think, also come in costume. Yeah, that does sound like something you'd be into. I, I'm totally into it. Like, even if it was just to dine, we have to reach out to her and find out. But Wiley Dufresne is here. Uh, that's going to be kind of amazing. He's just, uh, he is a hero of mine. I mean, should we tell the story? Which one? Well, the story of when we ate at WD-50, and it was like our first trip, my first trip ever to Oh, New this York. is a little embarrassing for me, but okay, it go is, ahead. 
Well, you can tell you're part of it, but but basically, we went to New York. You you wined and dined me to New York, and were trying to show me all the the great parts of of your city of Manhattan. And we got reservations at WD fifty. And I had a friend that was in the the business back then, and uh, I asked if she could come along. Probably inappropriate for me to ask, actually. Did that. she end up dating the pastry chef there, or was she that did. before? No, she did. Yeah, but from our dinner she, there. Yeah, well, not not from the dinner, she but, ended up but eventually yeah, I think they, their paths crossed at some point. But becoming involved in right. some capacity. But uh, then you're part of the story that I didn't know. No. So this is, should be, this was total sitcom. And so this is like, you know, what, 14 years ago? Oh, this is like this in the height. Like WD-50 baby, is baby maybe boys. maybe six months old. It's yeah. like anything, uh, you know, everyone's talking about it. It's the hottest thing in the world, uh, gastronomically speaking. And of course, I'm courting you. Right, to keep yeah. with the uh, Game of Thrones theme here, yeah, I'm courting sure. you. And I'm flying you to New York for the first time you've ever been to New York. It's my home city. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited. We're going to have hot dogs and sliced pizza. We're going to stay at a hotel. We're going to get a carriage ride in Central Park and walk the Brooklyn Bridge and all of those things you would do when you're showing off New York. So, of course, we went to WD-50 for dinner. Uh, and again, we were living in Atlanta at the time. There's a big price difference with menus. <laughs> Even though I'm a native New Yorker, yeah. I, there was a little bit of sticker shock. Yeah. So we go to WD-50 and you bring a friend. I brought a friend. Kind of unbeknownst to me. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure I cleared it with you. And like, she lives in New York and, you know. Okay. Was, I mean, probably. Well, that, she you know, shows up. Yeah. We decide we're going to split a bunch of plates and I'm trying to impress you. So I'm like, sure, let's get whatever we want. Yeah. Of course. Everything. Let's get yeah. the deconstructed lobster chowder. Yeah. I don't care if there's a foie gras supplement. We're doing all of it. I'm trying to impress you. The bill comes at the end. The bill comes at the end and oh my gosh. Boom. Boom. It is way too expensive for me. And then So I, you're like, uh, back then we didn't have smartphones either. No, right. So I have to go downstairs into the uh, bathroom, of course, at WD-50 and literally, uh, because I don't even think I had a credit card because, my, because I am not a Lannister. I, do, I did not repay all of my debts. Back in the day. And I'm in the bathroom literally counting change to figure out if I can actually afford the meal. And I think every or a lot of guys have probably had this experience, guys and girls, where there was that real moment where like, I'm going to have to go meet my hero, Wiley Dufresne, uh, and let him know that I'm available to wash dishes tonight. Yeah, and wash his dishes. <laughs> because I just don't have enough money to pay for the meal. That's a really great story. Thank yeah. you for uh, yeah. letting me share that. Of it's course. a good one. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. Uh, listen, I have enough money tonight to uh, actually uh, buy some donuts from Wiley Dufresne. He came in. He's running a place called Dew's Donuts. They're absolutely fantastic. He brings them onto this episode. Uh, without further ado, everyone, the Wiley Dufresne episode. What a glorious day, everyone. Welcome to Starving for Attention, a podcast devoted to the detail and precision of the food world, committed and focused like a young cook, gently plating yarrow leaves with an offset, medically approved surgical tweezer. We're mobile today, coming from a different walk-in. If you forgot, a walk-in, it's that gossipy safe place for cooks and restaurant folks to talk. Today, we're live from the Ace Hotel, and one of my faves uh, in all the land, as far as uh, hotels go. I love the Ace. I love hotels for a number of reasons, uh, mainly because of room service. Um, I kind of wish you could do room service like at home, which you might say, wait, that's, that's takeout, but takeout delivery, they don't come and prop your door open and rumble a garret on into your bedroom. 
room. Takeout doesn't ask how your stay is or use your last name or comment on the TV show you're watching. Takeout doesn't carefully remove the plastic wrap from every little container they bring. They don't tell you to call them back when you're done and rarely does a takeout delivery person forget half your order and have to run back to get it for you. I love hotels. Uh, I order a lot of food. Um, Eli, you're here, yeah. right? You know that. You, you like hotels as well, right? I do like hotels. I love, um, like, I don't know, you're different. You actually told me you like to go eat in the lobby, right? I do. I just don't want to be by myself and wallowing in my own obesity. Yeah, see, I'm totally different. I'm a hermit. I like to stay in the room. I'll order three or four items. Uh, and then I have that sort of, um, like, you know, fat person shame thing when they ask how many people. I always say for two people because I'm a little ashamed that I've ordered um, four or five dishes by myself. Um, and I always sort of feel like if I ever get divorced, it might be because of room service. Because all of my receipts say for two people or for three people. It's only just me. But my wife, if she, if she follows that paper trail, she might... You also got to be careful of that. You don't want to find yourself in one of those night of situations with a paper trail like that. I, I, have to, I should be careful. I should be more careful. Um, one of my favorite room service situations that ever happened, a true story, was I was staying at Half Moon Bay at the Ritz-Carlton. Uh, in Northern California. So I was lucky enough to be there, an amazing uh, facility. And I had a morning interview with someone and I left the room and the night before, because uh, I'm, I'm a somewhat popular chef, not as popular as our, our guests were bringing in, but I'm a popular chef. So they brought me this like, uh, you know, plateau of mignardies and sweets and little Chinese soup cups with like creme brulee and rose flavored macaroons. And uh, we put it outside the door like you do with room service trays. The next morning I had this radio interview I went outside and as I was on the phone taking this interview which was about Philadelphia sports I remember so clearly talking about like John Cruck and stuff I'm like talking that. about like John Crock and Lenny Dykstra and the Phillies uh, and then I look over and there's a giant raccoon eating my room service tray like a real life raccoon that is like eating all these macaroons and like pawing this creme brulee out of these uh, little Chinese soup spoons kind of amazing and I mentioned it on air but that's my favorite um room service uh, story for sure. I also really love uh, room service. One of my favorite orders is just um, chicken wings. You're a chicken wing fan, right? Uh, I'm an aficionado. Yes. You're a aficionado. I know our guest, I think, is a chicken wing fan. Um, but I love chicken wings for a number of reasons. One, I or- I'd order two or three orders for myself because that's the way I roll. Ex- extra? Eat, Are you the guy who like leaves a couple of the plates? No, I, I actually no, I eat. Like I, I don't eat all day, but then I'll just like scarf like three orders of chicken wings. Um, but I love chicken wings in hotels because you can use bath towels as napkins, which is um, you know like it's not your house. You can just use. It's not. Do you, do you ever feel you know? Do you ever feel like when you're. Uh... Leaving the room, you see the people coming in to clean your room, two ships passing the night, and you have this sense of shame of yourself? For me, I always feel a little bit of shame, yes, because they're coming in my room and there's like buffalo sauce on, on towels now. It could look like blood. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm eating some chocolate ice cream, I wipe my face with a, you know, a rag or something. It could be, it looks pretty horrible probably. In do my you room. still have your other weird hotel thing you do? What, what, what's, what's that? As I recall, you used to at least leave one article of clothing, a sock or a shirt or something, in every hotel you stayed at. That was a weird thing that I did for a while. I don't do it at every stay right now. Um, but every once in a while I do, I'll leave like some – like new – or like a gifted t-shirt or something like that. Um, but yeah, love chicken wings. Um, you know, it's some of the happiest times for me. What wasn't one of the happiest times for me, on my first season of Top Chef, during an early round, our guest today came on as a guest judge. And Eli, you've been on Top Chef. 
Um, you anxiously sit there and you await the person who's going to enter. And sometimes it's like a brand ambassador from Gladware sure. or something like that, and you could care less. But other times, like this moment for me, it's your absolute hero and idol. And that day outstepped the Wiley Dufresne. Probably one of the biggest influences on me as a chef. And uh, I definitely peed a little bit in my pants. But that's normal. I mean, that's standard. Yeah, I hopefully, I hopefully I don't pee a little bit in my pants today. But uh, help me welcome Wiley Dufresne. Wiley. Thank you. It's, it's nice to be here. And I, I, too, like hotels. You do? So what's your, that's what I have to ask. So what's your, like, hotel order? What's a safe order at a random hotel? A bottle of wine. That's true. So a non, generally non-perishable items, you're saying. But, but what about food? What's a, if you're at the Hilton in Kansas City, Wiley. A burger. A burger. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, so because there's good meat in Kansas City. I That's did, true. I did That's get true. a freezer bird steak in Kansas City at a Hilton. Yeah. I lived in a hotel for six months, so I like hotels. That's right. So this was this Vegas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So pretty good hotel, though. I, I lived in the Mirage. You yeah. lived in the Mirage. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Living uh, other people's dreams. Yeah. I mean, one of the things you didn't mention that I like about hotels is turndown. You know, it comes with it comes with the chocolate. Yes. Turndown service is totally underrated. The other day I actually passed on it and then I realized, you know what else? The chocolate's great. Yeah. The soothing music. Turndown's great. I will I will leave my room for turndown and come yes. back. Turndown's also great when you uh, when you come back and they have like cucumber citrus water waiting for you. That's what I mean. Turndown. Yeah. Turndown's nice, great. Nice yeah, I lived in the Mirage for six months, and I, I, my room had two beds. So turndown meant two chocolates, Ooh. which was great for like a month. And then after a while, you're like, I've had enough chocolates, but two chocolates every night. So I just started putting them in the dresser, my dresser door. Nice. When six months later it was time to check out, I had an entire dresser of chocolates. <laughs> and then, so did you travel with them? I didn't know home? what to do, so I put them on the the table, the the you know, the table in my room and I, I began to realize that I had this tower of chocolates. That's kind of amazing. It was amazing. Huh. I didn't have a cell phone back then or I would have taken a picture of it, but it was amazing. And the other amazing thing was the same woman cleaned my room for six straight months and we never met until the day I left. <laughs> Was, was that a luxury at the hotel? Like, they don't want you to... to I don't know. She gave me a gift certificate to, I, to Siegfried and Roy's Secret Garden. That's amazing. Like, on your last day as yeah. a gift. She's like, here, I've been cleaning your room forever. Probably because you don't wipe your hands on bath towels with, like, buffalo sauce all over them. I'm assuming. Like, I'm a horrible guest. I was relatively civilized. Did you but... make your own bed? No, no it was why? in a hotel. Yeah, yeah, Eli, it's a hotel. Why would he make his own bed? He's, I don't know. You know. I mean, first of all, he's wily. Second of all, like, that's, what they, that's why you go to hotels so other people can make your bed. He enjoys turndown service. And turn-up service. <laughs> and <Yeah>. turn-up service. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Wiley, I mentioned that story on Top Chef where you come out. Uh, do, you remember, do you remember that day? Because uh, you've judged so many different things. You've been on so many different television shows. I, I do remember that day. Yeah, it was, it was really horrible. I thought... Again, you come out and I'm super nervous, right? So I'm putting you like in, in my shoes, like you're a hero. I didn't think you were showing up. I thought it was like I said, it was going to be, it was early in the season, you know, maybe for the finale or something, we'd see you. But like early on, uh, you step out and it just, it wasn't a great day for me just to begin with. Like it was, I, and I picked something that I thought you would appreciate because I know you like real food. Like you're a quintessential New Yorker. I know you like, you know, pizza and bagels and things that everyone loves. And I was like, I bet you I'm going to flip it on him. 
I'm going to flip it on them. I'm going to do chicken wings. I'm not going to do like a spherification and trying to impress them. I'm going to just do delicious food. And the chicken wings at the farmer's market were frozen. And I was using an electric pressure cooker that wasn't coming to temp. It was just all sorts of a disaster. And then I made the great decision. You remember to put some potentially poisonous eucalyptus you leaves. You put eucalyptus in there. I put some eucalyptus in there, which you know, again, in moderation, I think is maybe okay. But I, I, I could have poisoned you. Do I look like a koala? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it was like the worst day ever. I was so embarrassed, um, and I, I remember when you called me out, and you're like, "Oh, that was one of my favorite dishes." Just my heart just sunk. Like you haven't had moments like that where you've had to cook for a hero and things have gone wrong. Sure. I mean, we work in kitchens, right? Things right. go wrong on a daily basis all the time. That's know? true, I just guess. Just try making donuts if you want to see things go wrong. Talk to, okay, My so goodness. You're, you're going right into the donuts, which is amazing. Um, you're, if you're listening to us now, right before we went live, I tasted like six or seven donuts from Dew's Donuts in Brooklyn. Is Brooklyn in the house? I feel like you always have to say that with Brooklyn. You always have to say I that. always have to say that because someone will be like, what, what? Like it always happens. Um, and then you also, when you came in, you sort of said like, well, I'm a donut guy now. Like in a very sort of unassuming way. You're so much more than a donut guy. Well, I make donuts. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's been a great project. It's been something I wanted to do for a long time. My great-grandfather was actually a, a, a donut guy, a donut maker. Um, he worked at uh, the Evergood Donut Shop in Ooh. Central Falls, Rhode Island, as well as a, a Nissen Bakery. Um, and donuts have sort of been in and out of, of my brain and my belly for a long time. And that, so I wanted to do this, and, and here we are. Now, um, is that like the, like, so that was always the one thing, like if you were going to do something fast and casual, that it was going to be donuts? I don't know if it was the one thing, but it was one of the things I certainly wanted to get to first. And uh, again, I like donuts. I think it's an opportunity for the, for the creativity that, that hopefully we, we are, are known for can find a place um we do cake donuts i'm a cake donut guy uh i come Which from is new you, england you said it's a big debate the yeast versus cake donuts yeah i mean new england tends to be more cake donut country than than yeast um dunkin donuts come started in massachusetts a lot of cake donuts i mean there's yeast everywhere there's cake everywhere but i i at the end of the day myself i favor cake i think it's a um uh, I, yeast donuts can be a little sweet, I think, because there's a lot of air in there, and that thing kind of condenses down and squeezes, and, and you're left with with mostly a, a sugary feeling in your mouth. But I, I I like yeast. I like the flavor of yeast. I like the chew of a yeast donut. But if given give my choice, I mean, a glass of milk or a cup of coffee. Ooh, you want a cake donut with that? That's you true. Know what I mean, you're, I don't feel like dunking a a yeast donut. It feels a little different. Now you have one of the flavors. So you have a coffee milk glaze right is that uh coffee malt coffee malt it's coffee but malt, yeah coffee milk is a thing from rhode island correct coffee like, milk is yeah. a thing from rhode island which i've never quite i, I don't tr- i've only been once to rhode island i should have brought we serve coffee milk at the shop oh my gosh well so like so you can get so a glass of my coffee question. milk you can get is a doozy it, at the shouldn't shop. it be milk coffee because i feel like it's m- more milk than coffee or like what the coffee milk is what to people who have never had it so before? you think it should be milk chocolate instead of chocolate milk Oh, no, I don't. See, look at you. Just like turning me over and just putting me on my shell and spinning me around. <laughs> it's, um, it's, you know, it's coffee syrup and milk. It's the same thing as chocolate milk, but it's just coffee flavored. But it's, it's delicious. It tastes to me like 
coffee ice cream once it's melted. It's like, which I think is, a, you know, melted ice cream is as good as frozen ice cream. And, and I think it's wonderful. And I would say it's like the, one of the iconic dishes, certainly, of Rhode Island. Of Rhode Island. There it's are like the few, unofficial right? state drink of Rhode Island. I mean, there's Dell's lemonade, but there's like And there's a squid, milk. isn't there? Like a squid salad or something, like a calamari salad, I forget. I mean, or something. for me, it's, it's like clam bellies and stuff like there that, you, go. you know. But, but you can come and we sell cups of coffee milk uh, at the at the shop. That's so, amazing. Had well, I known, I would have brought you some. I'm sorry. No, I mean, you brought donuts. No one's brought us anything on the podcast so far. You're the first person to bring gifts. I'm the first guest, right? Um, you're not the first guest. <laughs> but, well, well, but, I mean, you, no one has brought this amount of deliciousness to the game. You mentioned Dunkin' Donuts, and, you know, you're known as an ultra-creative chef. Here's something that I've always thought of at Dunkin' Donuts is the coffee itself at a Dunkin' Donuts tastes... Like donuts. And so to, to validate this for me or not, that the coffee tastes like donuts because there's so much sort of donut, sugary donut in the air, and it's become part of the cups. It's the patina of the shop. I mean, there's what, like a donut film everywhere. Is that what you're saying? I'm feeling like when you have just coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, there's a coffee, there's a, a there's a, a donut flavor to the coffee. Everyone in the room is looking at me like I'm crazy right now, but I think that's why they have delicious coffee because the coffee sort of tastes like donuts a little bit. I, you know, I I like Dunkin' Donuts. I lived above a Dunkin' Donuts for about a decade, literally above a Dunkin' Donuts. This was before, or after the Mirage, after the Mirage okay. here in Manhattan. Okay, I lived above a Dunkin' Donuts. And uh, I had a roof out, out my back window where the donuts vented. So every time they made a new, they, they fried a new flavor, the smell would go into my apartment. So you could walk into my apartment, it would smell like blueberries. You could walk into my apartment, it would smell like cinnamon. It was, I thought, we thought it was wonderful. I never really got tired of it. It was kind of weird at times, but um, it was wonderful. Uh, I don't really go to Dunkin' Donuts for the coffee, so I can't attest yeah. to the coffee tasting like donuts but it's but a good, good theory I, I, right? I would agree mean, with you just to be a good guest no yeah you yeah. don't have to be a good guest a matter of fact if you if you tell me I'm totally wrong people would probably love that um, but um, you know I think I think there's something to it I think we're going to get into it um, I mean donut milk and then donut milk goes in your coffee I don't know maybe we'll try that yeah that sounds like a good a good sort of thing now do you feel like donuts are for someone who's so creative um, is it a good vehicle for, for your creativity I think so I think it's great I mean it, it there's been a technical aspect about how can we engineer a great donut, how can we engineer great donut glazes, and then uh, also how can we be creative with the flavors and have fun with the flavors. Like you, know, you walked in thing. and you were saying something about pH, and like I just don't, I don't think mm, that's not something maybe most donut shops are thinking about. Well, the pH, as you know, it, it, you know, it is troubling. Low pH, acidic conditions. Are, Equal is what low pH means. You know, lemon juice, grapefruit juice, um, things like that create a little bit of a, uh, a problem for, uh, for the glazes. So we've been having some issues, so we've been trying to sort it all out. Oh, my gosh. Well, I would never – I don't think there's any issues. I haven't heard of any well, issues. Well, that's good. They're delicious. Um, is there, has there been any pushback with how creative the flavors are? Because I tend – I think always that – Sweet food and or alcohol, people are a little bit more receptive to creativity. Like as long as it's sweet enough or as long as there's alcohol in it, I'm okay with as you know wild as you want to get. We're trying to have a balance. We're trying to have some fun stuff. We're trying to have some standards. I mean, we do just straight sugar donuts. You can come get a cinnamon apple donut. Right. It's not terribly crazy. I mean, it's got some freeze-dried apples in it. But okay, other so than, it is. You I mean, know, you can get a strawberry, strawberry sugar donut. It's got some freeze-dried strawberries in it, some citric acids and things like that. But it's a sugar donut. It's pretty straightforward. We do a crawler, a 
French crawler. Um, we have a little bit of fun with the flavoring there. Uh, but we try to have some, you know, we try to have some of those donuts and some of the, you know, more uh, familiar flavors so that we can do things like honey fennel pollen or uh, peanut butter yuzu or, or something like that. Have what, a we have a balance. What does the, the product mix look like right now? What's, what are some of the big... The big sellers. Uh, well, we have a dozen different donuts, different right. flavors. Um, banana Graham is our is our top seller, Ooh, uh, okay. and that's uh, that one's super delicious. That's banana a banana glaze with um, uh, banana chips and golden Graham cereal crushed on top. So it it's got that sort of bowl of cereal with some banana. It's got some good texture. It's nice. Well, that's kind of amazing. I, um, you know, I should have made you a donut on Top Chef is what it comes down to, perhaps. I should have tried. Probably didn't have time to do yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I, there's a lot of bad donuts in situations like that. There I think, is. I, you know, donuts are not something you just whip out on the fly. I've learned that in the last six months. Yeah, and I would have made some sort of, I would have glazed it with eucalyptus and that probably really and I'd got be dead. you sick. And, and then what would, that would be my whole thing. Like that would, yeah, you'd be dead and I'd be the guy that you'd killed you. would be twice as famous as you are now though. That's, Think about that's it that true. Way. I'd be locked up somewhere, um, but probably, yeah, I'd be writing the, the memoir about it. All right, everyone, taking a break from Ali Dufresne. Uh, and uh, there's something about True Car that a lot of people don't know. True Car can help you buy a used car, not just a new car. In fact, there are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy new or used, you can get upfront pricing information that empowers discounts off the list price for used cars and a better buying experience through our True Car certified dealer network. There are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. That's a lot, Jasmine. It is. Uh, you'll see what other people paid for the car that you want so you can know what a fair price is and feel confident. With True Car, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing so you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. Using True Car, you can easily find the new or used car that you want. Yeah, they do used cars. Um, I mean, listen, True Car, they show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, Jasmine. I know that you're doing that right now. You yeah. should really use True, True Car. I should, actually, yeah. You need to jump on there. Because now you know what a fair price is, so uh, we can feel better about our future purchase. Once you register, you'll see a real price on actual inventory. It's competitive pricing offered only to you by a True Car certified dealer for an actual vehicle on their lot, which is a trick a lot of people play, right? You see the car, and then it's not there when you show it's up at the lot. It's all tricks. It seems like you're really good at buying uh, cars. Yeah, I go in with the, the steely look. That's how it starts. You do. Well, I mean, and, if, and imagine if you hooked up with True Car. Right. You'd be invincible. Superpower. Yeah. You'd be the Magneto of car buying. Uh, which Magneto actually probably could just take whatever he wants. Right. He's, he's magnetic. Kind of, he's he's magnetic. Like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm in a big X-Men phase. Uh, True Car shows their customers all of their available incentives before they arrive at the dealership. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by 13,000 True Car certified dealers nationwide. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And some of these features are not available in all states. You know what is available in all states? Starving for attention, our podcast uh, and let's get back to Wiley Dufresne. Hey, everyone. It's former WWE host Lillian Garcia. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever wonder how your favorite stars make it to the big time? Then come check out my new show, Chasing Glory, with Lillian Garcia on PodcastOne.com. Hear me chat with some of your favorite athletes and entertainers about their rise to the top. It's about to get real, raw, and inspiring. So join me for new episodes every Monday on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Um, speaking of food television, 
uh, we, we love to get our guests sort of take on the, the world of food TV and, and what are your general thoughts? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Um, it, it's almost saturated right now. Um, it, do you watch any of it? I mean, what are your thoughts on food TV? Uh, I do. I do watch it. Um, you know, food TV uh, plays plays a big role both for me personally. Um, you know, my wife is the editor in chief of Food Network magazine, so food TV is a big part of our home. So you're we in watch. It. You're, we you're watch like really a lot of. It. We watch a lot of food TV as well as you know. I've been on some food TV over the years, um, but I think I think it's great. I think it's great fun. Um, I think it's I think it's good for everybody. I think it's sort of. The quick answer is that it's raised the, uh, the, the food IQ, I think, of America uh, dramatically. I'd, I'd say, you know, people like even going back to Emeril and Mario and those early shows and how they, they literally have made, you know, the fact that you can see soy sauce and yuzu juice kind of coast to coast, not just on the ends. And it's raised the, the IQ of the American diner, I think, significantly. And I think that's a great thing. So there's no, no negative aspect of it. I mean, no negative aspect. I think that maybe we could say it's created some people who think, like, I'm going to go to culinary school and then I'm going to immediately become a famous food TV personality or something like that. And that might not be exactly how life works. Um, I think that those opportunities are pretty rare. I mean, as, as we all know here. But... I think the good far outweighs the bad with, with food TV in general. Yeah, I know? agree. Um, specifically for probably, I mean, definitely your, wor- your world, a little bit for me. Um, you do have the people that have watched you on television or they, they've seen me try to emulate you. And they come into the restaurant and now all of a sudden they don't even want to be a cook, perhaps. They want to be a molecular gastronomist. And I'm sure you've had to deal with a, a few people that have come into your kitchen and said, hey, I want to, I want to make a sphere of hollandaise before I know how to make hollandaise, hollandaise. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's an issue, but I think it's also not, not necessarily they want to be a molecular gastronomist. They want to be like a food TV personality before they want to learn how to cook. And, and, and let's not forget that the likes of Emeril or Mario or any of those early people who, whose shoulders we stand or sit on were, had decades of, of hard work in the trenches before they got on TV. It wasn't like, you know, Emeril was some sort of flash in the pan. The guy had been killing himself for 20 years working in kitchens around the country. You know, Mario is an encyclopedia of Italian food. He's not reading that off the cue cards, you know what I mean? And these people are all, I mean, Wolfgang Puck, you know, hard-earned, long, long hours, miles logged. And, and I think that uh, if there is a downside, it's the, you know, I'm going to go graduate culinary school, I'm going to get on a show, and I'm going to become, you know, the next whatever, Food Network star, who knows? Exactly. Who knows? Yeah, I have to admit that I'm kind of, I was guilty of when I first got a crack at running a restaurant that was like my kitchen and I was a leader. I remember like doing lineups and, and you know, one of my servers asked a question about, well, Emerald would do this. And I was like, Emerald's, you know, he's just a TV chef with his catchphrases and bam and all of this. And he's got a show and a band. And I remember thinking and maybe even telling my staff like, oh, those, th- these are, they're, they're sellouts. They're on TV right now. Now it's funny because people say that about me. Um, but you're right. The, these people don't just, for the most part, magically appear. They've, they've grounded out for, for many oh my years. God, it's well earned. You know, if you can, I think you have to tip your hat and say, good for you guys. I mean, come on. Like, Unbelievable what they know, do. There's, there's, it's not a good way to get rich and famous being a chef. You right. know what I mean? And, and, and I'm not necessarily saying that we, we do this to be rich or famous, but it's a hard life. And if somehow they can, they can 
flip that or you can flip that or somehow you can turn that into driving customers to your restaurants or helping you open more restaurants or helping you know increase your 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 accessibility to people then that's a good thing you know what now, I mean now um you mentioned rich and famous like you are famous like you're Iconic, like when people think of creative food in the globe, you know, throughout the globe, you're one of the first names that pops up. You certainly alphabetically, you mean, or (laughs) alphabetically, uh, and truly, like I mean, so. But that never was a driving force for you. Like, to, you were never trying to be different for the sake of it, right? Of course. I was never trying to be on, you mean on TV or like? No, I, just even just with the way that you think about foods. Because at some point, you're cooking for someone else who's probably going through a more classic repertoire. And now your mind is taking you to a, a different place. Yeah, for me, I mean, I love the classics. I'm well, hopefully, I'd like to think I'm well-versed in the classics, a fan of it, a student of it. Um, and it's the kind of cooking I make for myself, my family. But uh, And I think that there's nothing wrong uh, with it at all. On the contrary, I think it's absolutely fundamental and important. But the idea for me of like day-to-day going in and doing that sort of maybe traditional bistro classic fair it wasn't holding gonna it wasn't like speaking to me uh on, on a creative level and i needed to find sort of find my own path and that's really what we've been trying to do is just figure out our own way and have some fun along the way make some delicious food so basically Hopefully you're learn you're, a lot i've been yeah. wanting to learn that's i was saying you're, so you're a student so it's really just a drive to keep to keep learning different I, I, things that's exactly it's all about learning for me it's about education and learning and that's that's you know what i find exciting about cooking is that no matter how hard we try no matter how much we learn we'll never learn at all we'll never ever learn at all and that's a great thing i mean jesus the amount of information i've learned about donuts is absolutely nuts and we have miles to go so it's been great it's that's what i love about cooking it's a great opportunity for learning now you had mentioned um you know well i'm not doing that necessarily when i'm cooking at home but i think one of the even the questions i get a lot is oh well you're you're making you know this crazy you know oh you're cooking with liquid nitrogen at home Mm, sometimes (laughs) But, but usually not so like what what are you cooking at home uh, well, you know, my for uh, for my birthday, my wife got me an outdoor fryer, so that's been pretty fun. Yes, um, yes, you got the big green. So you guys got big green I, egg. I got uh, an actual deep fryer, so that's that's been super fun. Um, and my birthday was only a couple weeks ago, so right. um, I've been enjoying that. So now I can make donuts outside. I can also, you know, fry chicken Home outside. Yeah, but 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 outdoor is like really where it's at. I mean, the cleanup is easier. You know, sure. you don't have to worry about ventilation, about anything. So so that's been a lot of fun using using that. Um, I like to grill a lot at home. Um, what kind, of, kind of grill guy are you? Which kind of grill? Weber. I have a Weber. Weber. Yeah, I'm old school, straight up Weber. Kettles are fun. L- yeah. I love the Weber. Old school coal. I'm assuming uh, coal. coal. Or wood? Yeah, he's yeah, okay. coal. Yeah, <laughs> charcoal. <laughs> Charcoal. He has a direct shipment from West Virginia. I like yeah. it. Well, you never no, know. Just, just never... charcoal, you know. Yeah. Like, you know I love the flavor. Oaks, stuff like yeah. that. Delicious. You got to do it. I love, um, and, I love you're frying, and you are doing R&D and frying uh, at home. Frying, out, frying it outside is fun. I mean, I've been doing donuts a lot at home, but doing them outside in the fryer is a lot more fun than doing them in the you know, Dutch oven on the stove. But you're not um, what most people might think. You're not like you know taking meat glue and combining lobster tails and beef tenderloin. And I'm not doing any of that. I mean, I have probably f- half dozen circulators sitting in my house, and I don't use any of them when I cook really at home. Oh my gosh! I, well, I we do. could we should probably just sell. We could, I mean, we could get rid of a few of those on the podcast. You need a couple. Uh, <laughs> Colin, sign them all. Colin, right now, uh, 100th caller potentially, <laughs> potentially for the right price, you'll get a Wiley Dufresne signed there's, circulator. There's no phone here, so I don't. Know. No, no, we'll do it back in the studio. We'll figure it out. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tweet us. Uh, we'll call you in. Um, how do you feel about the term molecular gastronomy? You know, I used to get up on my soapbox and beat my chest and say this is ridiculous. But uh, I think that the problem is, is it doesn't sound delicious. You know, if it's right. like, hey, honey, you want to go out and should we get Chinese? Are you feeling like some Thai or do you want to have some molecular gastronomy? Like, oh, yes. how on earth? That's it all night. Yeah. How on earth are we ever going to like? Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like molecular gastronomy. I want some molecules. It doesn't sound delicious. And I think that that's the problem. That being said, and it's also a disservice, right? It's not actually a style of cooking. It's a, it's a science. It's a, it's a science created by – it's like it's, it's no more right to call you or I molecular gastronomy than it is to call a scientist a chef, right? It was a term created by scientists to refer to scientific work, honest, genuine, legitimate scientific work. It's not a, a, a type of cooking. And, and molecular gastronomists re- rely on chefs, and chefs rely on molecular gastronomists for a, tra- a, a pass-through of information. But it does not denote a style of cooking. However... In this day and age, it's become so commonly used and referred to that at this point, it, 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 it's getting useful. Like people say, well, if it's not that, what is it? Is it modernist? Cause is, I, I guess I don't care anymore. So it doesn't bother me. So what I once got upset about, I no longer am. And now people say, oh, yeah, you're the molecular gastronomy guy. And so now that means they know something they remember me that way so it's working so why fight it good point i mean i feel like it even even in music probably this happens right like is it is it hip-hop or rap music you know was it the musician that created rock and roll as a term or did someone else just coin it right in a way harry teese is the molecular gastronomist harold mcgee is arguably a molecular gastronomist you and I are not molecular gastronomists. But if that's how people can remember us, if they can remember us by that moniker, then I'll take it. Um, so WD-50, uh, unbelievable restaurant. I've dined at a number of times. Uh, absolute game changer. I am so excited that there's a cookbook on the way. Is this correct? There is, yeah. Coming out in October. And um, I just told someone, actually our last guest, I was like, there's this, the, the WD book's coming out. And he's like, oh, he hasn't done a book yet? I think some people are surprised that you took this long to actually drop this book. But in a way, it's like perfect timing for it. Like you're, it's almost like um, waking it up again, I feel like. H- how hard was it to make that book? Uh, well, it's the only book I've ever made. So I didn't have any, I don't have a reference point, but it was really hard. It was a really hard process, Um, harder than I thought it would be. Um, I'm a lover of cookbooks. I have a lot of cookbooks, thousands of cookbooks. Wow. Um, And I was really excited to finally do one. It took me a while to get to that point. Uh, Once we were closing the restaurant, it it sort of dawned on me like, wait a minute, if we don't document this... Mm then it'll just it'll be some sort of oral tradition only and why not why not put it down in print so that there were a lot of people that worked really hard and did a lot of things and meant a lot to me and and let's let's find a way to make sure that those those moments or some of those moments live on and so that's what we did but it was really hard because we shot all the food while the restaurant was still open oh okay and then we closed the restaurant and then we spent another two and a half years writing a book and there was no going back because it you know they ripped it at, they burned it to the ground you know it's gone so but I mean I love the fact like you said it's, it's documenting uh, honestly something that was historic absolute game changer of a restaurant um, and I love the fact you got the pictures in the rest you know while the restaurant was 
there. Every picture is in the restaurant. So now I'm assuming this is, since it's the real deal and you're, you're documenting what was happening there, this is not for the home cook or will the home cook be able to... Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, not I don't know. so much, I don't think, for the home cook. Right. Uh, I mean, you at home could probably most certainly do it. Maybe. Maybe probably Eli. Not. Maybe. I, I, maybe Eli. Not, Eli's I'm just, just kidding. Like, he, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Of course Eli. He's just throwing big chunks of pork on a, uh, on a big green egg so right I now. Uh, I mean, you know, there. I think there's a lot to be learned and gained from the book. I, I, I don't think, it, you know, there's more to the book than just the recipes. It tells a story of a time and a place, and hopefully it gives you a little bit of our thought process and, and things like that. And it, it can still be valuable if you're not necessarily going to try and make shrimp noodles or deep-fried hollandaise. I've tried. They've never come out as good as yours. I've, I've stolen so much of your stuff. I also want to just apologize. You made me make them for years. I mean, I, I, when I say steal, I mean, you know, just had to mess around with some of your ideas because they're just so brilliant. Like, um, where, where, where do you get your inspiration from? From a can, mostly from a can. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Cisco has some amazing products. <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, obviously it's kind of all around you. Um, a lot of your stuff I think is inspired from just being like a New Yorker. A lot of it is. A lot of it is um, about, you know, our surroundings, our environment, um, nostalgia, uh, classics, you know, bagel and cream cheese and smoked salmon or eggs benedict or things that I like or things that are, I think, part of part of the fabric of, of New York City or things that might harken back to my childhood or whatever. But, you know, it was the great thing about WD-50 was it was very collaborative. Everybody was free to put an idea out there. And that's how it would happen. We really bounce the ball around the room and that's the way the ideas worked and that carried on at Alder and it carries on at the donut shop and it's about surrounding yourself not with like-minded people but with people that are excited and enthusiastic and bring ideas to the table but I just, one of the things I really love about your food is that you, you're taking these um, you know the, you have a sense of authorship about the food that you grew up with or the food that you're even eating in the moment and whether it's a bagel or uh, you know a, a corned beef sandwich whatever it is um, I just read this thing about your sort of now at dues are you doing an egg sandwich now you're doing an egg sandwich now yeah uh, egg bacon egg on a roll a bacon egg and cheese on a roll sort of bacon egg and cheese uh grilled cheese right so like that's insane to me because it's something as a native new yorker you sort of grow up and it's like something they throw together on the corner bodega uh you don't really think of it as anything that's incredibly refined but you've thrown that through through your think tank and it's come out and it's like a But melty. when you have a great bacon, egg, and cheese, New York, classic New York style, yeah. it can be revelatory, you know? It's amazing. It's, you can have great food anywhere, you know? It doesn't just have to be at some sort of four-star fancy dining. You can have great food moments or great food memories anywhere. And for me, you know, I do have great memories of the bodega on the corner making a really good egg and cheese. And so we wanted to march that idea down the road and really make a fun egg and cheese um, and it looks just like a grilled cheese so it comes to you and there's no indication that there's an egg on your sandwich at all and until you bite into it and then it becomes clear that there's like some soft scrambled eggs inside uh, and potentially some bacon and- well, I've, I've only I have not tasted it yet unfortunately I've only seen pictures uh, but it looks uh, unreal yeah incredibly delicious so with the book coming out um, have you considered like what is the tour going to look like I don't have all that information yet, but, you know, maybe we'll come to your place and do a dinner. Well, we would love to have you there. Uh, we'd probably we'd pay you for that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> also, um, I just think, like, there's – I'm, I'm sensing this moment in, in our world right now where, like, like to, see a, like, to see a reunion almost – 
Like, have you ever thought about, like, like I'm almost thinking about your crew and that restaurant almost like a band would. Um, well, I mean, a lot of those people have gone on to bigger and better things and, and good for them. You know what I mean? So I'm happy for for them and, and what they've done. But we are doing a pop, a two-week pop-up, a WD-50 pop-up down on, here at the South Street Seaport. The, oh, my God. The first two weeks of October. So at uh, The space is called? At, uh, at the... Um, uh, it's a lab of some the food sort, lab. Right? The food you. lab, yeah, yeah the food they, lab down there. They're so. using your name to try and get me in on the last uh, couple of weeks, I think. Are so they? Are, if you're in, I guess I should be in too. I should just follow you in there. We well, if you're in, I'm out. Oh, well then I'm. I, well then, just for everyone's sake, I'll bow out. No, uh, no, no, it's exciting. It, you know, it just started this week. Paul Kahn's down there cooking this week, and there's a good, uh, you know, series of chefs. Exactly. How um, hard? How so. hard is it um, to do your food though, like on the road or outside of the home? Home base. Well, I mean, I don't know. We're going to try a two-week pop-up. It's not something we've ever done before. Although we just came back uh, from the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, and we did a, a couple nights uh, down there, and we did we did some WD fifty dishes, uh, which was a lot of fun. We did a lunch. It was it was pretty cool. Well, I would love to see that. I mean, I, I do. I think it's like you're a rock star, uh, and your 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 food is amazing. And you know, sort of taking the even the Noma sort of traveling idea. You know, do you really need walls? You know, for a restaurant to exist, where where he's going. He doesn't need any walls. Right. <laughs> heady stuff. Heady, heady stuff. stuff. Deep, deep. Um, speaking of deep stuff, I, I want to just read, this is a quote. This is one of my favorite quotes from you, Uh-oh. by the way. This, is, this absolutely changed my career path when I opened up the New York Times one day and read this, this quote from you about the opening of WD-50. Um, you probably know one of the, you might even know the quote that I'm about to read, but uh, it's just the ultimate badass statement that makes you want to be Wiley. <laughs> it just, you just become a fan. So here it is. I'm not trying to be a jerk, Mr. Dufresne said earnestly, but there are 20,000 restaurants in New York and you can get a salad at all of them. I don't have a slot for raw leaves. Salad just doesn't do it for me. Mic drop. <laughs> I mean, that dude, dude you woke up like, uh, th- I mean, you know, hundreds of thousands of cooks with that one statement. And I, and I turned away hundreds of thousands of diners by, <laughs> by letting them know they couldn't get a salad. Um, That's not true. Did, were, did you have people come in even after, even after knowing sort of what the theme of the restaurant was going to be? And I'd say probably every night for the first two years, the, a server would come back to the kitchen and say, table 12 would like to know if we can have a salad. And I'd say, you know, I'm sorry. Just let them know that we, we don't have a salad. And then the, the server would look at me and say, you know, we had salad for staff meal tonight. I know we have it. Just why don't you make them a salad? Right. The server would say that. Yeah. And then, you know, the server and I would have a moment. And then I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd explain to them that, that, you know, I'm sorry, but we're not, we're not going to have a salad. And we, we ultimately conceded uh, a, a little bit on that. And there's a good story on the, the one time we made a salad at WD-50 in the cookbook. I'll save that story yes. for you to read in the book. But we made a salad for Lou Reed. And that's a good, it's a good story. Well, so. because, of, I mean, that's... It's if you're gonna, Lou Reed. <laughs> it's Lou Reed. If you're going to make a salad. And it was our version of a salad, too. So it wasn't exactly a salad. But it was fun. Well, I can't wait to read um, about that. Um, what are some of the... Obviously, you got the donut shop. What are some uh, new projects you got going on? I mean, to be honest, that's that's all we got going on right now is that uh, we're working on the donuts and we're, you know, we're not even three months old yet. So we're just still trying to make it better every day, let people know where we're there, keep adding fun stuff to the menu, keep keep growing the concept and, and, and seeing where we can take so it So when there. you say growing the concept, is this something that you see rolling out to... 
I, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean like yeah. growing into you know uh, sure. multiple shops and just try to, to keep making it better and, and seeing what else we can incorporate into it. I, uh, you know, if 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 things go well and we're able to to, to have a, a more than one, I think that would be wonderful. But our plan right now is to simply. Um, get our donuts in as many people's hands as we can and figure out how we can get more people to have our donuts um, that, you know, people that maybe can't make it out to Brooklyn. Yeah. How can we get our donuts into the hands of, of some people here in Manhattan or wherever? And how can we keep, keep doing that? Whether that is more shops or getting into coffee shops or who knows, who knows? Well, uh, one of our um, ad sponsors is actually a company called Dronuts. It's a donut delivery service that uses drones where you can order donuts from all of your favorite shops around the country and then delivers them. It's not a real thing. Thing, actually who's piloting those drones um that's what we got to figure it out so like if you want to come in on this alton brown's helping me out with it we need some smart people uh but i think that might be a fun way to get a yuzu peanut butter donut delivered to los angeles it's like a thousand bucks a dozen i think because it's gonna be pretty expensive yeah it's gonna be pretty expensive and elite um but if we can get one of your donuts on on the roster there i think that would be great um wiley um we like to play some games on the podcast are you game to uh play a little bit with us oh get, like are we gonna have a catch i'm gonna frisbee well, yeah, no, no, nothing Super backgammon. Backgammon on a podcast. I like is, board uh, games. Super dynamic. Um, but we're calling this game "What Would Wiley Do?" <laughs> okay. And this is a game we probably are going to play when you're not around. So we're going to ask other people what would Wiley do. What but I- since we have you here, um, I think it would be great if we played this game. Are you are you up for it? Sure. Okay. So um, boxers. Nice. The first yeah. answer is boxers. Okay. So. First question, our game is what would Wiley do? TSA doesn't believe the miscellaneous white powders you're traveling with are hydrocolloids. What does Wiley do? Taste it. Ta- t- you asked TSA to taste it. That's well played. I've often had to figure out what to do in those situations when I'm traveling with 19 miscellaneous white powders. You know, knock on wood, I've traveled with miscellaneous white powders and never had a problem. That's amazing. I've Why never do had, I always I've have? never had a problem. I have, like... Clearly had some of my Cryovac bags get, like, pierced. Yes. But no one's ever said, sir, we'd like to talk to you about the fact that there's a lot of stuff in your bag. That's kind of amazing and that that's never happened. And, that and, you, and you, you travel the world. All right, next question. What would Wiley do? Uh, and I may have been fishing around your social media here. Your FedEx shipment arrives damaged. <laughs> <laughs> What would Wiley do? Well, I put a picture of it up to see <laughs> yes. if I could uh, get some, some, uh, some explanations. So, so that's, again, an explanation, publicly shaming the company, but I think it worked. I was trying to, you know, hopefully have a sense of humor about it. I think I mean, you did. Um, you know, that was a little unfortunate. I mean, the FedEx guy literally looked at me like, what's the big deal? Uh, and I was like, man, come on. Hey, this it's, thing's, it's messed up. This <laughs> thing's, you know, I don't even have to cut it open. It's just going to fall apart. But, well, that's uh, always my, one of my favorite things at restaurants where, like, you know, a crate of apples is on top of a fish box. You know, and like yeah. you tell the delivery guy that's not cool and they don't get it. Um, so that I like that. I like that. Okay, here we go. What would Wiley do? One of your cooks suggests the new trend of fidget spinner plating. Have you heard of this? Where you spin a fidget spinner and plate sauce with it. Uh, use the use instead of spin art, we're going fi- spin a, fidget, Yeah, instead of like the Jackson art. Pollock. You're dripping fidget. a sauce on the spinner, it spits around. All right, let's try it. Let's give it a whirl. That's amazing. Let's Open minded. Wiley Dufresne, you know he's going to say yes to that. Okay, uh, what would Wiley do? You have to eat at Starbucks, and they have a sous vide egg sandwich on the menu. What does Wiley do? This is a true thing, by the way. Starbucks has a sous vide egg now. As, uh, uh, okay. You got to go for it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As long as I don't have to have a coffee. There you go. Fine. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Okay. 
Um, you're working next. What would Wiley do? You're working next to a chef at an event, and Billy Joel is playing on the radio. They asked to turn it up. What would Wiley do? Billy Joel was the second concert I ever went to as a child. I'm a Billy Joel fan. Billy Joel fan. I'm a native uh, Long I, Islander. I support, so. I support Billy Joel. Gotta support up. Billy Joel. But I feel like he is one of those like pivots. Like either love, like he's polarizing perhaps to some people. I know you're a rock fan. Yeah, no. Glass yeah. Houses. Glass on, Houses. Man. Absolutely. I'm, I'm down. It was my first album on vinyl. Yeah, was Glass Houses. The first, you know, my, my, mom let, my, my mom and dad let me go to um, Madison Square Garden with my Best friend, 15-year-old. That, that's old. like an iconic show. Unbelievable. Really too, too, uh, totally unsupervised. My parents were kind of hippies. My parents, uh, when they got married, I was their ring bearer. And uh, they walked out to Just the Way You Are, which yeah. is a Billy Joel song, I'm I think. I'm a matter of trust guy, though, personally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we didn't know how that one was going to go. Okay, you waited an hour for uh, Roberta's pizza to be delivered. And uh, instead of the anchovies and pepperoni, it came with pineapple and ham. What would Wiley do? Uh, I guess we're going to go from like beer to rosé, I think. We have to change our beverage oh. pairing. Ooh, clutch answer. Another mic drop. That's, that might even be better than the quote. Um, okay, what would Wiley do? You're making hamburgers on a grill at a friend's house, and oh my gosh, they forgot to buy buns. What are you going to do with those burgers, Wiley? Uh, they forgot to buy buns? They forgot to yeah. buy buns? What a bunch of meatheads. Like literally, they even only for, have meat. Even for the hot dogs? They don't have buns. No like, buns. They have tortillas in the fridge. Well, I'm but... going to use two pieces of cheese and just that's going to be my bun. Ooh, I like that's. I think that's the Flying Dutchman. I think in uh, at In and Out they call that the Flying Dutchman, where the buns become the burger. I kind of like that. I, I kind of like that. I Heavy do. on the I mean, cheese. Um, okay, what would Wiley do? Here we go. Um, you have to bring a dish to your kid's bake sale. What would Wiley do? Donuts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A nice soft dunk right there. Uh, Deuce Donuts, of course. That makes sense. I'm sure you've already done that, probably. Right? I have brought donuts to the bake sale. What have you done? Any uh, for your kid? Have you done any like wild, um, like classroom presentations? I, yeah, I went and made ice cream with liquid nitrogen in the class for the little kids. You know, they go crazy for it, don't they? They loved it. It was great. They love let it. Them, it's let great. Them fold, you know, we fold in the, the, the sprinkles and that sort of thing. It's I mean, so much I know, fun. I know that's an, an old trick to the likes of you, but it's fun it's, to a six-year-old. Well, you know, it's, it's my only fun. trick. I do it frequently and often, still as an adult. I do it for my kids and i had like um when my oldest was like two um i remember making her some liquid nitrogen ice cream and her putting her hand like in the bowl that was gonna mix the ice cream so it's super dad fail like yeah, molecular really? astronomy can leave lead towards big dad fails so, well i mean so you gotta, eucalyptus too you gotta be smart yeah, you gotta be smart well here's another non-smart uh like i'm not nearly as um talented or gifted as you are in the mental capacity um but uh for my first cookbook i actually put my daughter in an immersion circulator that was plugged in which was like uh the worst dad fail probably ever just to prove like there's a medical temperature for baby bath which is 37.5 i think celsius yeah that was bad. that was worse than you and your entire family naked covered in tomato sauce that was i just... think well because it was an electric appliance plugged in and i put my child in the in the appliance so it could have been uh, like you know it could have been pretty a bad. waterproof appliance that's true. I mean, I guess I'm so not a bad dad. It wasn't a hair dryer. Look at you. I should bring you on just for self-help. Like, <laughs> you're all right. You're all right, Richard Blaze. The, the world according to how, uh, Exactly. Um, thank you for playing along uh, with us on that game. What would Wiley do? We're going to bring that one back. Um, but the last thing we like to do, Chef, is we ask all of our guests at the end uh, to 86-something. Get it out of here. 
It's 86. Just like in a kitchen when something's out. For us, it's more of a rant on what needs to be out. What are you over with? What are you done with? It could be anything in the world. Certainly, it could be food. But really, whatever you want to 86 and get out of here, what does Wiley Dufresne want at 86? I mean, I have a list. Nice. <laughs> yes. And uh, just to be clear, he is uh, bringing up said list on, his, list. on his notes. Um, so this is going to be mean, amazing. There's, you know, I, I, I think we could say goodbye to avocado toast. Oh, I like that one. That's a, avocado that's, toast. It's it hurts me as a California right now a little bit. Are they always soggy? They're always soggy. They're 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 not proportional. They can get soggy. There's not a lot. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Okay, so we're getting rid of avocado toast. Homemade ketchup has to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to give you the biggest high five I'm across sorry, this table right now. I agree. Homemade ketchup's got to go. I'm How sorry. can you uh, if you and most people probably have, but go read the Malcolm Gladwell New Yorker sure. piece on, on agreed. ketchup, agreed. I mean, and you'll know why we're saying that. It sounds like an idea. I, I mean, and it's fine, but it's sort of to me. It's like the, the the short answer is if it ain't broke, you know. And there's it's it's ketchup. It works. It's good. Heinz, come on. It's, it's strong. Exactly. It's uh, strong. Yes. Um, it's, I mean, I agree. I mean, yeah. there are other brands that work as well, but definitely the homemade sort of thing yeah, doesn't really in work. General. Now, you no. said you had a list. Is that – Well, that, I oh, mean, okay. you know, I, I no, don't know. No, because I'm kind of like into this now because I also like, you know, want to make sure I'm not doing any of the things. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned Starbucks. We, I think we could uh, – we don't need anything that starts with unicorn except maybe unicorns. Oh. The unicorn. Agreed. Thing. We can no get rid of the unicorn, unicorn beverages, food stuff. Although I'm, I'm really hoping you appreciate this. What if you make a puree out of sea urchin and corn, and you make unicorn? Unicorn. 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 Super as, dead as silence. As long as you don't put, like, <laughs> you don't put like, like make seven different colors of it, and then okay, all right. So some know, of I mean, it is sort of a rainbow thing. thing. I think you know. Luckily, that hasn't been around too long, and hopefully, it won't stick. Unbelievable. So we're getting rid of avocado toast. We're done uh, with homemade ketchup, and we are uh, 86ing all things that have to do. With unicorn, unless you find an actual unicorn. Yeah, like that, I'm totally, I'm pro real, like, you know, the horn, the like, unicorn, yeah. that. Like if you it, get one of those, if you I'm get, in. Yeah, just don't, don't grind it up and shave it over some pasta. No. If you find it, a yeah, unicorn you find horn. find it, yeah, call me. Don't do that. Uh, Wiley Dufresne, you're amazing. You have Do's Donuts, which is a new project. The WD-50 cookbook is just about to come out. We would love to have you back on the pod at some point if you're in Los Angeles or I'm back in New York. I don't know how your experience was. Would, would be a pleasure. It was great to be here. Thank you, gents, as always. Great to see you guys. Wow, that was kind of an amazing session with uh, superhero Wiley Dufresne. I have even more respect for him. You, Jasmine? Yeah, I was sorry to miss that I one. wish you were there. Mainly, yeah. I mean, because Eli he's amazing. Eli got some good ones, man. Eli got good ones. Man, yeah. You were missed. He brought donuts. That's like 72% of the reason I wish I was there. At, at least. At <laughs> I least. Mean, I, uh, I kind of like I'm hoping that he comes back. I Me think too. that started like a sort of like legendary episode um, file. Yeah. That was, they're all good, but there's just something about Wiley Dufresne. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, he was Simpsonized. If you go to our Instagram account, you can see that totally. he, yeah. he, they, they, if Matt you've Graney, been on the Simpsons, it's pretty big. I mean, you're in the pop lexicon. You like are in the pop culture you're lexicon. In you're in yeah. the top tier of it. Absolutely. Uh, hey everyone, listen, you can, uh, listen to us on Apple podcasts, please. This is a request now. Uh, find a friend, grab their phone, subscribe to starving for attention on Apple podcasts or the podcast one app or wherever you download podcasts. 
uh, reviews and ratings are so appreciated because it drives me crazy. I spend way too much time uh, looking at all these lists and rankings uh, to really see if that our metrics are telling us that we do a good job for you. We want to do a great job for you. Uh, if there's something that you want us to do better or different, let us know. Uh, one uh, Twitter uh, person last week was like, hey, easy on the top chef stuff. It's starting to sound like it's a special little click, which it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of our stuff is going to have to deal with TV. And, of course, we have a lot of friends in the Top Chef universe. But valid point. Valid point. So we will uh, look into that. Um, this Podcast One app, by the way, Jasmine, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. You go down it's there. Nice. It's real nice. You get on the Podcast Sleek. One app and it gives you access to basically videos, virtual reality stuff that's happening inside of the studio. Uh, I mean, you, you, it opens up comment boards and threads. You can connect to other people that are listening. Have you looked to, at our thread yet? I, I'm, a, I'm a little scared. Are you on it? No. Uh, I need to, though. That'll just be another wormhole for me to dive into. Um, but we got to check it out uh, more. We got to get in there and interact yeah. with our community. Go to the Podcast One app. Uh, they're amazing. Producer Heather, everyone at Podcast One, they're keeping the lights on here for us. Actually, that's not true. You're keeping the lights on. Uh, because me. you. Well, I'm no, no, our viewers, our oh, listeners. Okay. I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you too, yeah, personally. Um, but listen, go over to the um, Apple podcast and subscribe. Uh, and let us know if there's something you want to see. Maybe we'll do a viewer episode coming up soon. You guys want to see viewer that? Questions, yeah. Viewer questions? Viewer uh, questions. But we are coming up with a couple of different uh, angles uh, to maybe throw out a bonus uh, one or two podcasts. Uh, again, I'm Richard Blaze. Uh, I was joined by Jasmine Blaze. Hi. Hi. Uh, Wiley Dufresne, of course, was in New York at the Ace Hotel, one of our favorite hotels and our favorite people running the Ace. Eli Kirstein was there as well. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Listen to new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Hey, have you heard? Podcast One has a whole bunch of awesome new shows filled with big names that are waiting for you on our brand new amazing app. This one's a game changer. There's Norman Lear talking to Amy Poehler, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Charles Barkley. Geffen Playhouse Unscripted with Brian Cranston, Josh Gad, and soon Neil Patrick Harris. Nice. OC Real Housewife, Heather Dubrow's World. Lady Gang's Three Mimosa Podcast with Leah Michelle, Nelly Furtado, L. King, and more. Plus every episode of The Adam Carolla Show, Dan Patrick, and Rich Eisen. And if you like what happens in the ring, we've got Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, Chael Sonnen, and a whole bunch more. So download our one-of-a-kind new app and see for yourself. Go to the App Store, Google Play, or download it now at podcast1.com.